The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. Greetings, scribes. Just a quick break to recommend our recent sponsor's Book of the Month. Book of the Month makes reading better by offering members a few new book selections each month to help you cut through the noise, save time, and make it easier to decide what to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and picks five to seven of the best new books for you to choose from. All of these books are good, so you really can't go wrong. Book of the Month helps readers like you and I find books that we wouldn't normally discover on our own. The cool part is selections largely focus on new and upcoming authors in multiple genres. Book of the Month also recently launched curated audiobooks, so members can get a hardcover or an audiobook each month, which you can then download and listen to right in the app. This month, I chose A Little Supernatural Fair in Murder Road by New York Times bestselling author Simone St. James, described as the story of a young couple that find themselves haunted by a string of gruesome murders committed along an old deserted road in this terrifying new novel. Just go to bookofthemonth.com to pick your first book and join Book of the Month. That's bookofthemonth.com. And for a limited time, you can join and get that first book for just $9.99 with the code CHIRP. That's C-H-I-R-P. Enjoy. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Writing a book is work. It's, it's becoming an entrepreneur. It's making a product. It's investing your time. It's, and people want, don't want to admit that somehow because, of course, there's the prospect of failure. And welcome back to The Writer Files. I am your host, Kelton Reed, and this week, author, educator, book coach, and founder of Author Accelerator, Jenny Nash, joined me for a special edition of the show dedicated to unearthing tools and strategies for writers on the winding, often arduous journey to finishing your big, scary book. Jenny started her career in publishing at Random House and has over 30 years' experience in all facets of the industry. She also taught at the UCLA Extension Writers Program for 12 years and has spoken at writing conferences around the country. She's the author of seven books, including a self-help book for writers, The Writer's Guide to Agony and Defeat, and has written hundreds of magazine articles for national publications. For nearly a decade now, Jenny has been coaching authors from inspiration to publication and proven success helping them to land top New York agents and book deals with major publishers. As the founder of Author Accelerator, described as a personal trainer for your writing life, she and her team of book coaches now provide writers the blueprint so often lacking in the traditional publishing world, including tools, nurturing, and encouragement needed to finish their work and get it into the world successfully. And in a serendipitous turn of events, after this interview, Author Accelerator became a sponsor of this show. And I'll tell you all about a resource they've created just for listeners of this podcast at the break. This conversation is tailor-made for writers just starting out or well along on your journey to publish. 
And a quick note that this episode of The Writer Files is also brought to you by Audible. Audible's offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash writerfiles to browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download your free title, and start listening. It's that easy. audibletrial.com slash writerfiles. And in part one of this file, Jenny and I discussed why the stages of writing a book are much like the stages of grief. How Jenny came up with a winning formula for helping writers bring their books to life. The questions so many writers forget to ask before they start their writing journey. The frustrations and roadblocks authors run up against in the middle of a book. How to make meaningful progress towards finally finishing your project. Creativity and the myth of the lone genius. And why writers can't wait around to be picked. Stay tuned. The Writer Files is brought to you by my friends at copyblogger.com. Words that work. Build your online authority with powerfully effective content marketing. Get superior content marketing education so you can build a remarkable online presence. Authors, bloggers, journalists, online publishers, and entrepreneurs, head over to copyblogger.com to learn more. That's copyblogger.com. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published and leave us a rating or a review over on Apple Podcasts to help other writers find us. And welcome back to The Writer Files. Once again, I have a esteemed guest today joining us. Jenny Nash is here. Thanks so much for hopping on The Writer Files to uh, rap with us about all things writing related. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. I want to dig into your uh, interesting story and exactly what you do with book coaching. But uh, yeah, let's let's maybe turn back the clocks a little bit and talk about how you got into publishing, you know, your own story kind of as a writer, maybe just give us the uh, Cliff's notes of your uh, superhero origin story. <laughs> Definitely. I, I mean, I always wanted to be a writer. I always thought I would be a writer. That was the goal that I set for my life. And, and I achieved that. I was, I was quite um, lucky to, to have a life in writing and went off to New York after college and Actually, my first job was at Random House, and I worked for hmm. a fiction and a nonfiction editor and learned learned the ropes from the inside there. And I moved to a magazine for a time and and learned all there is to know about writing on deadline and copy and and cutting and, you know, constantly looking for story. And over the course of my writing career, I've published seven books in three genres, uh, most of them all but two of them were with big five publishers. Mm -hmm. So I've been on a lot of different sides of the, of the writing industry. And then much to my complete and total surprise, I did a, a pivot and became a book coach, which, yeah. which is a person who helps other people write. <laughs> so yeah, you've seen it from kind of both sides, I guess. And now, you know, I understand a lot of your messages about, empowering other authors. So talk a little bit about uh, Author Accelerator and just kind of what your mission statement is over there. Yeah, definitely. So I got into this book coaching gig 
I was teaching at UCLA and some of the other instructors began to notice that I had a very different method Mm -hmm. of teaching writing. A a lot of, almost all of writing really is, is totally craft based. And, you know, you take a piece of the craft, whether it's writing dialogue, writing a scene, if it's nonfiction, you know, honing your argument, whatever the, the craft element is and, and the writing programs tend to focus on that. And, and I, by default was teaching in this systematized way, I was teaching systems and processes. And I had a very market centered mindset and some of the instructors began to ask me to help them with their projects mm-hmm. and to help them manage their projects. And, and I began to do that without really understanding what exactly I was doing, but, hmm. but it became clear as I moved through the work that I have a philosophy and a belief that creativity is not some wild, wild thing that has to be unleashed or some chaotic process. I think, I think it's actually extremely predictable, even though for each person, the process is unique and their idea is unique and their product is unique and their voice is unique. The, they go through the same, it's kind of like the stages of grief, right? Okay. They go through the right. same processes and elements. That, I mean, it's very much like <laughs> the stages of grief. <laughs> I like that. But um, I, I began to codify these systems and processes. And the, the first person I helped was Lisa Cron, who was teaching with me at the UCLA Writers Program. Yeah. And, and her book, Wired for Story, and then the follow-up book, Story Genius, um, became huge sellers. And the second person that I helped was Sam Polk, whose whose memoir, For the Love of Money, was picked up by Scribner, and and he had a really good run with that book. So mm-hmm. the first two people I, I helped had had huge successes. That's cool. Yeah, it was super cool. Yeah. Um, but I began to, to realize that I actually think I was a better coach than I was a writer. Hmm. I was a mid-list writer and and the mid-list is kind of a kind of hell um, in a way. <laughs> <laughs> and I I found myself to be quite good at helping other people and really energized and jazzed by it. And, and I began to optimize my systems and think about them and work on them. And it was when I in, encountered a entrepreneur uh, a startup guy who listened to a talk that I gave to entrepreneurs and and he said, you know, you could scale this thing. You could scale what you're doing because it's a system. You could teach it to other people and you could reach more writers and make a, a business of it. Mm-hmm. And I was intrigued by that idea and and said yes to him. We partnered and we we made this company, Author Accelerator. We're in our fifth year now. We're gunning for a million dollars in sales this year. Wow. I don't know if we'll make it, but we're we're gonna try. And and we have thirty book coaches working um, for us and a staff, a full time staff of five. And and we're we're doing that thing. We're we're bringing these systems and processes to hundreds and hundreds of writers. Amazing, amazing. Well, uh, of course, we'll uh, point listeners to Author Accelerated, um, where they can pop over there, learn a little bit more about what you do. And I understand you, you offer a uh, free blueprint, right? Yes. The, the blueprint is a series of steps that I have developed to work with 
any writer in any genre, really at any stage of the process, but particularly at the beginning, to step back and answer the questions that I find most writers don't ask. And, and if, you, if you take the time to, to drill down into those questions, odds are really good that you're going to save yourself years of frustration and, and writing in circles. Uh-huh. So we, we put these seven steps, the first steps out uh, is a free, a free email course that you can grab and walk through and get a sense of what it's like to be, to be led. You know, so many, so many times book writers are not led through the process. They're, they're just sort of, again, that word like unleashed, like just sit uh-huh. down and write your 50,000 words and and call it a day. (laughs) Sure. You know that book idea rattling around in your head? Now's the time to take it seriously. And working with an Author Accelerator book coach is the best way to write forward. Author Accelerator book coaches give writers feedback, accountability, and support so you can get your idea out of your head and onto the page. They operate in the gap cracked open by savvy indie authors who curate their own teams of publishing pros and left open by traditional publishers who no longer offer sustained editorial guidance. Through a human-centered matching process, writers are paired with a coach who understands their genre needs and has an affinity for their topic and has been trained in the project management skills needed to guide a complex, creative project from inspiration to publication. And if you think book coaching sounds like a gig you'd like to do, so many copywriters and authors have the exact skills needed to become great coaches, including managing a project and understanding that creative process. Author Accelerator offers intensive book coach training and masterclasses so you can add this premium service to your arsenal. For more resources and to get the free seven-day writing challenge mentioned here, just head over to authoraccelerator.com slash writerfiles. That's authoraccelerator.com slash writerfiles. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com podcast. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd be interested to know, you know, kind of how you feel about uh, book coaching now that you've been kind of just immersed and, and are doing it as a profession, the evolution of your, because it sounds like you had systems in place, right, for mechanics, structure, grammar, that kind of stuff um, when you were teaching at UCLA, right? Yeah, so yeah. You, so these have evolved and grown and changed. And I know you've talked about somewhat just kind of, I don't know, the part about putting your heart onto the page or um, kind of this noble endeavor that is writing a book. But, you know, maybe speaking to um, authors who maybe taken a couple courses or, you know, they're 
firmly in the grips of maybe that where you talk about whatever stage of grief they're in, uh, <laughs> you know, because you wrote a book, uh, really about that, right. Titled the agony and defeat, the writer's guide to agony and defeat. But I think, you know, maybe speaking to a, an author who's or a writer, who's like kind of in the grips of, you know, they're, they've maybe written, you know, so many authors are, are right in the middle. They've written half a book and they just are stuck, right? Oh, I would say every writer. I mean, actually, literally every writer there, they've written three chapters and they've written those three chapters a hundred times yeah. or, or they've written a hundred pages and, and then they don't know what to do. And, or they've gotten to the end. Maybe they did NaNoWriMo, which is hugely motivating and mm-hmm. inspiring. And, then they have this thing and, and yeah, what do you do? And, and what I find so upsetting (laughs) is the, the amount of time and energy and resources that writers spend chasing their tails at that point. Mm -hmm. It's just huge. You know, they go to workshops, they go to writing conferences, they go, they take video courses, they, they go to writing retreats, they go to the writers groups, which tend to be actually extremely damaging in a lot of cases mm-hmm. and sometimes they even go get an mfa like they do all these things but none of those things are actually about finishing your book you know you can't take a 10-week course and and expect to make that much progress that yeah. writing a book is a multi-year endeavor and so it a lot of my practices and systems have evolved from <laughs> being angry at at these writers who come in and, and nobody's ever really taken them by the hand and shown shown them the way. And and we have this myth in our culture that creativity is supposed to be the lone genius in the attic, you mm-hmm, know, like mm-hmm. like or Mozart struck by lightning. And that if you're not that, that something's wrong with you. You know, if you have to ask for help or you need or you're stuck and you need somebody to help you lead, you know, guide you out of that, that there's something somehow wrong with you or that the product won't be yours or will somehow be muddied. And it's it's kind of a nutty belief that we have because the history of art is, is a rich history of mentorship and, you know, people being supported along the way, but, but this story persists. Absolutely. I mean, we talk about that so often on this show, especially with neuroscientist, Michael Gribko, you know, where we dig into the, uh, catch 22 of, you know, balancing productivity and creativity and that myth of the lone genius. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's really it. It's, it's, I'm sure so many writers come up against um, that feeling of like, I think uh, when I think of some of these other myths, you know, like the persistence of, you know, Kerouac having written on the road, like in a, in a week or something like that, right, right. which is not true. It's not true. He, he'd been writing it for like a decade. And when he finally did enough speed or whatever, <laughs> to get it all on to get it all in one place from all of those notebooks that he collected, you know, but anyway, I'm just saying, you know, like, have you met writers who've been through an MFA, but it didn't, you know, it didn't improve their writing and it maybe didn't even improve their, their self-confidence or, you know, 
any sense of, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to, I don't want to throw MFA programs under the bus, but I'm not kidding. When I say we have a really high percentage of MFA degree holders in author accelerator programs. I don't know the exact number, but they're a lot. And literally without exception, they have not been taught what they need to know to produce a commercially viable book. They've been taught it's that craft thing again, right? They can write gorgeous sentences. They can write a beautiful 10 page passage. They can critique like nobody's business, Mm -hmm. other people's writing. But when it comes to writing a sustained narrative and and understanding how the marketplace works, and I'm not talking about writing to the marketplace. I would never suggest that somebody, you know, look at the market and say, oh, vampire stories are hot. I'm going to write a vampire story. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about just understanding how books are bought and sold, the fact that they're products, the fact that they are put into categories when they're sold, the fact that like how they make money, what publishers are looking for, what what books are hard to sell. You know, I had a writer come to me yesterday, in fact, who was, was agonizing because she had a finished manuscript, as you said, and she was stuck because she was getting this feedback that it was a little bit flat. And it was, she said it was a series of, of essays, of um, sort of memoir-based essays. Mm-hmm. You know, my first thought is, well, after poetry, that's the hardest thing to sell. And mm-hmm. <laughs> do you really want to go all in on that format or would it be better to write a single sustained narrative memoir that's perhaps slightly easier to sell, mm-hmm. you know, but writers look at, well, for instance, um, Kelly Corrigan, the um, mega bestselling author of the middle place um, memoir is just coming out with a book now that is in fact a series of linked essays. And so people look at that and they say, oh, I want to write like that. I want (laughs) to write (laughs) like I'm going to sell a book like Kelly Corgan. And it's like, no, you're not. You know, you're you're probably not. So, you know, that's what's so frustrating to me is that the the people coming out of MFAs don't have a framework for for even looking at this or understanding it or considering it. And and then they get upset at the publishing industry for somehow um, not being welcoming or easy or whatever their complaint is when, when really it's just a little mindset shift and, and a little training that can mm-hmm. get them where they need to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, I think, you know, that this um, show likely has a pretty good mix of different types of writers, including marketing uh, oriented content creators. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think the interesting thing about having been in a creative writing program where, you know, you, you're in a workshop with a, with a, uh, lauded, uh, author who's done, you know, who knows interesting postmodern stuff or <laughs> best-selling poetry. And then, you know, sitting around talking about these things just endlessly or theory or, you know, and then, you know, having been on the side of studying, um, marketing and, uh, copywriting and, and, um, writing for the, you know, online publishing, uh, you get, you get the sense that in a creative writing program, you could really, I mean, I, I think, you know, one of the, one of those, um, 
kind of cliches about writers and you talked about it kind of the vacuum of of the creativity piece is that you know without some sort of i don't know exposure to the real world and that marketing piece and you know everything that you've mentioned you know you really are just kind of screaming into the void uh a little bit but i think it's really important for for writers to i don't know what am i trying to say here <laughs> no i know <laughs> i know what you mean it's it's writing writing a book is work it's yeah. it's becoming an entrepreneur it's making a product it's there you go. investing your time it's and people want don't want to admit that somehow because of course there's the prospect of failure and you know right back you to want, the, they want to be discovered for this gleaming prose right yeah you want to be like, picked right 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 you're waiting to be picked that's it you're waiting yeah. to be picked and you know you you've been you've gotten the you've gotten the uh, straight A's in creative writing or whatever. So then you, yeah. you're waiting to be picked and you, you feel maybe some anger, animosity towards the publishing industry because it, it just functions on a completely different plane of existence, right? You, I mean, you, I mean, you've touched on all of it. Yeah, it's big business. Publishing, publishers are making a lot of money. And there are some practices that are not good for writers. That is true. And in some situations, it makes a lot of sense for a writer not to go to a big publisher. But just the idea that it is a business and that and that yeah. there are people doing very well in this business. And this yeah. idea that I'm going to sort of close my eyes and write in the dark and wait to be picked. And that that sense um, permeates people. I help a lot of people at the pitch stage when they're going to pitch to agents. Yeah. And there's this you know terrifying fear, like, what if I don't get picked? And, and it's like, would you go into a meeting if you had a, a product and you were trying to get venture capital money, would you go into a meeting, you know, just sort of closing your eyes and hoping, hoping they pick you? I mean, no, no. you're going to do your work and present your evidence and, and understand your market and show them that you know it and show them why your product is unique. And writers need to learn how to do that too. And, yeah. and this actually goes back to something you said about your audience and, and the content creators. I actually have found that people who come at writing a book from that side, from, you know, um, copy editors, website designers, marketing people, writers, they have more of what it takes to succeed in the modern marketplace in any genre mm -hmm. than, than many people coming at it from the pure story side do. I mean, I think those are all really, really important takeaways because I think you know, if you are, you know, a, a fictionist and again, waiting to be picked, it's important to remember that, you know, I mean, not only is some of your most inspired work going to come from the agony of, <laughs> of defeat, um, but you know, it's going to come from just knowing what, what, what the real world functions on. And it, it, it really does, um, take some, some drilling down. Right. And, it's not, it's not always fun. I mean, there's, there's a piece of writing just in general, that's like really tedious, <laughs> all of it, getting the words onto the page, um, massaging them into something that's, that's, uh, somebody wants to read and then getting it to a place where somebody's going to pay for it. Right. 
right? I mean, so that's that's a thing that I work with a lot because most people are are come to writing because they love exactly what you described. They love playing with the words, getting the words just right, getting lost in, you know, spending an hour on two sentences. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what's fun. It's that generative, um, inspired, sort of innovative creativity where you're just, you're just, you're making something out of nothing. You're building a world, you're building a mood or a feeling or a voice or sentences and, and it's, you're just in it and it, it's fun and it feels good. The, the piece about writing that tends to get totally ignored is the logic, the analysis, the, like you're saying, the, the marketplace understanding, you know, going out and looking at comp titles, for example, Mm -hmm. what else is out there like your book? What else is doing well? What hasn't done well? And leaning into that and facing into the fact that, oh, there's a marketplace for the thing I'm writing, whether the thing you're writing is um, you know, a parenting book for dads of daughters, which, which is, uh, a, a client of mine just sold, got a two book deal on, on that topic Cool. or, um, you know, a middle grade book on dragons. Like there is a marketplace and there are comp titles and people don't want to do that because then they think, Oh no, somebody else wrote my book. Yeah. Well, guess what? There's room for a lot of books on, uh, you know, parenting. <laughs> Absolutely. And dragons for middle schoolers. I mean, I'm reading, um, I'm actually listening to the audiobook right now of um, Daisy Jones and the Six. Have you heard of this novel? Uh-uh. Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with it. It's, <laughs> um, it's, uh, it was just picked up by uh, Reese Witherspoon. It's going to be a TV series. It, I'm blanking on the, the um, oh, I know, it's Taylor Jenkins Reid. So, so this is a novel about a 70s rock band and it's told as an oral history. So the, the band members are speaking to this interviewer. They're not speaking to each other or really to the, the reader. It's this extremely unique and, and interesting structure that the, the writer chose. And it's just, it's just this fantastic um, read and really fun. And, you know, but when you step back and you think about it, it's like, it's basically Fleetwood Mac. It's basically the story of Fleetwood Mac. And the, and the writer <laughs> says as much. And, you know, you know what happens in Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> you know what happens. <laughs> like the beautiful blonde star singer and the, you know, the drugs and the, you know, the everyone sleeping with each other in the band. Like the story is not what is a surprise. It is not. You don't read this to like, gee, I wonder what's going to happen here. Right. And and the point is, there is no new story. There is there is no new story. and. And there is no, we don't read <laughs> to find out what happens. We read to find out what it's like, like to be in the unfolding of it. I mean, it is, this story is so gripping, even though you know exactly what's going to happen. And, and it becomes a story about the lies we tell ourselves and the price of ambition and what it means for a woman to try to raise her voice and you know, all these really powerful things going on in this book. And, and yet there could be 15 other books like this or stories like this. Mm-hmm. You know, you, when you, when you're in it, you're like, haven't I read this before or seen this before in a movie? And it's like, yes, you have. It, it was the documentary on the Eagles. It was Bohemian Rhapsody. It was, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it's, they're, they're, it's a genre. It's a, it's a, 
a trope, it's a type of story, but that doesn't mean that you can't make it uniquely your own. And so even just for a writer to go out and look at what else is already out there, the, the danger is that you go out and you're like, I want to write a a rock opera too. (laughs) And then you go out and you, you look and you're like, Oh, everybody's already done it. I can't, which is ridiculous. Thanks so much for joining us for this half of the writer files. And if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review to help other writers find us. You can always leave us a comment or a question and visit the entire archives at writerfiles.fm, where we also humbly ask you to support the show with a secure donation to help us keep going. Just click the little yellow PayPal donate button over at writerfiles.fm. And you can always chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week. And thank you.